Hi folks, this is Rick Doc Walker, the DOC. This is John Kime, and you're listening to The Mess Hall with Rally Captain and Tailgate Ted. What's going on, Rally? Looking sharp man. over there, man. Hey, hey, look, Ted. I, the way I'm looking and the way I'm feeling is how that new regime came in and did what they had to do. I'm cool as a fan. I'm hoping our fans are going to be cool as a fan and let this thing play out the way it needs to play out. Quit your bitching and let it play out because we in for a ride and I got my seatbelt on. Let's get it, man. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. And speaking of fans, I got a chance over the weekend. So it was Friday and I got to go to the 1067, the fan versus team 980 thing. And those of you oh, that yeah. didn't get to go, y'all missed out because it was a blast. They had everybody out. from all the shows there except for uh, Eric Bickle, right? Uh, Funny Danny gets on stage and makes fun of everybody before the guys come out. So he's a comedian by trade. Okay. And, you know, he's just, he's doing work. He's just ripping, he's saying how he's surprised that B Mitch was invited there because he hasn't been invited to the Hall of Fame. And just, you know, he's he doesn't care, man. He's just going in on everybody. And it was just, it was a blast. And I got to meet a couple of our listeners. And I was actually, so Mrs. Tailgate didn't want to go. She pretended she wanted to, but she didn't want to go. Okay. Right? And I could tell she was going to be miserable. Well, luckily, she didn't go. So I sat at a table by myself. A couple of the DMV Mess Hall listeners were sitting there, man. And it was just so random by luck, but they listened to the show. I had a bunch of people just walk up because I was in the very front row of the Bethesda Theater. I didn't even know this place existed. It's actually, it's pretty tight if you guys haven't been. You didn't and, know that place existed. Whoa, 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 back up. Nah, man. No, I, you, when I go to Bethesda, I go to the TV station. That's the only thing I do in Bethesda. So all right. That's where my Fox okay. studio is. But yeah, I had no idea it existed, man. I'm going to have to go back. I knew it existed, but I wasn't able to do it. I had to work, um, you know, shocker. Everyone always asks, well, how do you get to go to all the games? The team doesn't pay you. <laughs> no, the team doesn't pay me. <laughs> a brother works hard. I grind hard in the offseason so that I can party hard during the season. Well, I partied hard that night because a couple of people actually tweeted me after, like, how many beers did you have? I'm like, I didn't oh. jump on the stage or anything. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I just had a good time, right? <laughs> I mean, you, you just pulled your pants down. I mean, that, that's, that's yeah, all you... <laughs> yeah, it's, well, so at one point... I can't remember who it was. It might have been Grant Paulson, but he asked how many people like the commander's name. So I raised my beer in the hand and yelled, hell yeah. I don't even, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I know I raised my hand. And JP <laughs> Finley, because all the guys have a mic. So JP Finley says, Ted, put your hand down. You know you don't like that name. On his mic, because I'm sitting in front of him. I mean, uh -huh. I could tie his shoelace if I wanted to. It'd be kind of awkward and weird. That close. Wow. Yeah, it was like, you had to say that on mic because everyone's like, oh, so then funny Danny comes out on Twitter the next day and said, even John Allen said, it's always going to be the Redskins to me. So, you know, John's a local boy. I get that. And, you know, it is what it is. He's, you know, on camera, he's got to say commanders, right? Off camera, it's a Redskins to him. For me, on camera, I got to say commanders. But funny Danny goes out and basically said the entire audience, except for two notable people, did not say anything about commanders. I'm like, yeah, guess who was one of them? It was me because I'm rocking my HTTC shirt and everything else. I'm having a good old time there. But it was just a fun experience because I realized not that many people hate my guts, man. And maybe it's well, just because good. 
I, I was shocked, man, because of social media, I just get all the hate on there and I just get all the mad tweets and stuff like that. But, but you but you know why, though, Ted. I mean, keyboard warriors, man, that's just oh, how yeah, it is. I get it. You know, they won't say it to your face, but they'll dog you out in person and or, or they won't say it to your face, but they'll dog you out, dog you out over the Internet. So, you know, just chalk it up. You're a good dude. You know, you stand for a lot of good things and you give it to people honestly. And a lot of people sometimes get out of their comfort zone and they can't handle, like the movie said, they can't handle the truth, man. But the fact is, you're a good dude. I wouldn't be rocking with you if you weren't. And so, hey, man, like like anything else, blow that out, let it go. Oh, yeah. No, I hear you, man. It, it was, I was just shocked that, A, one of our listeners was sitting at the table. A bunch of them kept coming up and were asking for you, like, it's the front row. Where's Rally? I mean, you can't be in the front <laughs> row of Rally in here. So next time this comes around, you definitely got to, you know, I will put, be there. put a request in. I know you got to yes. work to maybe pay for a trip to Brazil, but, you know, we'll see how that goes. Speaking of which, you think we get it? You think we're going to go play the Eagles in Brazil? Well, let me tell you. So I was going to call in to, to, to 106 seven the fan tomorrow for bleep you thursday but i'm gonna start it off with you my brother bleep you to the nfl for giving the eagles the opportunity for all their fans the filthy delphia eagle fans to get the best hotel rooms get the best flights right now and everybody else is behind the power curve so screw you nfl so Getting back to your original question, now that I got my rant out of the way, getting back to your original question, it's going to be a situation where they're look they're going to look at who can give them the most money. And as much as I would love for the commanders to be there, uh, I think that it's, it'll probably go to the Cowboys. And I say that because the Cowboys outside of any other team that they're, that the Eagles are playing this this year probably have the biggest draw. And I also say that because uh, what's my man's name who stands up when he does his interviews all the time? Uh, Ex-football player, loud, always has the muscle shirts on. I he have hinted, no idea which guy. He, he hinted toward it as well. Uh, I just can't think of his name. Uh, nevertheless, uh, I think because of that, that the Cowboys will get it because they're – the biggest draw let's just call it what it is you know but i would love for the commanders to be there and if they are by chance there sb events will have a great package all you have to do is just make your payments and show up if you're rolling with me you're gonna have great accommodations you're gonna have a non-stop flight it's just a lot of little things that if we are there you'll be happy that you decided to book with SB events, trust and believe. So with all that said, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping it's gonna so. It's going to be interesting because yeah. the Eagles have nine home games this year, and so mm -hmm. do we. Yep. They play, obviously, the Cowboys, the Giants, and us. Mm -hmm. Their other home opponents, you've got the Browns, you got the Falcons, you got the Panthers, the Jaguars, who play in London every year. Yeah. And you've got the Packers, and you've got the Steelers. So I don't know if I agree with you on the Cowboys. To me, if it's going to be NFC East, the Cowboys makes the most sense just because those fans, they're all over the place. They'll travel. Mm -hmm. I mean, hey, yeah. they think 
PG County is, you know, Dallas Northwest or Northeast, but I have a feeling it's going to be the Panthers just because it just from a, the Steelers game, you've got that Pennsylvania rivalry. You don't want to take that away. I don't think they're going to make it a division game. And I wanted to go back and check, have they actually had any division games in Europe? And I don't know if they have, but to me, you don't take a division game away because a division game counts for one and a half games, not one game. You don't force a team to play a division game overseas. I mean, it's a 16-hour flight. Just take away the whole Oh, it's fans. not that far. It's, it's, it's not that long. I thought it was an it's, 11 to 16, like nah, 16 but no. it's like nine nine hours, bro. It's like okay. nine hours. The ca- the captain has already researched it. Come on, man. Okay. I've already re- I've already got a space on my flag for <laughs> the, Brazil- the Brazilian flag to go on there. It's about a nine hour flight, bro. It's not. It's, Are you going to write that- it in Spanish? Or are you going to write it in English? It's going to be in English. Like it's okay. going to coincide, dress right, dress with all the rest of the stadiums that are on that flag. But but um, I hear you, man. And I was thinking about. We played, obviously, in London, the Bengals. Yeah, the so Bengals. when we played the Bengals, out of, obviously, they're out of our conference. They're out of our division or whatever you want to call it. But the fact is, there was still a lot of people there because it was Europe versus, you know, versus uh, Brazil. And I don't know how the fan base really realistically is in Brazil. I'd imagine that there are some people that are there. I don't really know of any military bases that are there offhand. I'm sure there's probably an outpost or something that's that's there. But for the yeah. most part, overseas in London, you know, in Germany, you've got all kinds of bases over there. I mean, you got like eight to ten, or maybe four four to eight military bases that are over over there. So they bombard that area. I was just saying the Cowboys, because like I said, like you said, the fans like cockroaches, they, they're everywhere. And you know, yeah. you turn, you Except turn lights on. Except they Dallas, but yeah. They know <laughs> everywhere, but Dallas. Yeah. So, uh, but man, it would be lovely if it turns out to be us and who knows, they could throw us a bone and say, because they know that uh, the team is re- is rebuilding and there's excitement in the air. Cause right now our fans are excited. So they could capitalize on that excitement from our fans. And also people want to travel. That's yeah. one thing people want to do. They want to travel to an overseas venue and see the squad play as well as take on everything else that an out of country town has to offer. So I'm looking at this right now and you've got, okay, the Cardinals played the Rams, which is a division game back in 2017. So it has happened in the past. I am not seeing any other division games that went out there. And I could be wrong because I'm just looking this up while we're doing the show, but Mm -hmm. I'm not seeing a ton of division games going out there that have happened. We have opened up against Eagles. We opened up against them in 2020. So, I mean, that's not unheard of, but to have a division game over there to me, It'll be interesting to see if that goes on top of having a first-year head coach and a first-year GM because there are no rules. I was looking at the NFL schedule. Mm -hmm. There are no rules that stop a first-year team from going overseas. So that's how the the only thing that stops a first-year team from happening is being on hard knocks. So I don't have to get on my whole podium and say, I don't want to be on hard knocks again because I just don't want that distraction and I don't have to worry about this year. But 
if we do go to Spain, to uh, Brazil, you know what, dude? I'm there. You know, I'll, I'll make it happen. I got my passport. It'll be a fun time. I'm going to complain about it. I'm not going to be happy about it. I'm going to have to uh, donate some Why? Because like you said, man, we're we're second fiddle. It's the Eagles home game, right? We're the redheaded stepchild coming out there. I wanted us to have the extra home game because we have the nine games this year. I wanted us to be the hosting team to get the good seats, to get the good shot and have the attention be on us. I don't want to be out there celebrating and dealing with Eagles fans because you know they're going to go out there. And you know what? Well, they ain't never been out the States before. And you know they're so, going to act like a fool. And I, I welcome it because there are rules over there. You'll get your butt locked up faster locked up than when you That's Hell right. Yeah. And so, so so I don't mind that. The biggest thing that I hate out of all this is you should have announced the teams simultaneously. Yeah, both teams. That's, that, really. that's what I would have hoped for. Yeah. And that's what I'm, I'm upset about. Other than that, hey, I welcome any and everything about it. I'm, I'm on board. I tell people that when people see my flag and they say, oh, man, you went to London. And I say, yeah, I did. I said, basically, the team could play on the moon. I'll mortgage the, I'll mortgage the house and go. You know, I, now, now obviously, uh, somebody else in the household might not like that. <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I mean? No matter where oh, they play. I, no. <laughs> exactly. I will be there, bro. And, and that's just how it is, man. So, but my biggest gripe. And this is the last time I'm going to say it is you should have in a boo you boo you NFL. You should have announced both teams together because you just created an unfair advantage for the Philadelphia Eagles fans versus your the opponents fans. Because, as I said, now they can get the best hotels. They can get the best flights. They can get everything best. And I'm, I'm hoping that you guys at least whoever you're going to pick, if it's not us, I'm hoping that you at least. By the weekend, announce who it, who it is. It ain't, no, it definitely going to be by the weekend. I mean, for those wondering, it's February 7th, 318. They ain't going to announce anything in regards to the Super Bowl right now to take away from that. But I, I do agree with you. It's BS. Like, usually the day before the schedule leaks, all of the beat reporters and different super fans of the team get the schedule, right? So <laughs> just full transparency. I would get the schedule before the schedule came out, but yeah. they know that I'm not going to tell anybody about exactly. it. Exactly. Some people leak the schedule. So you can kind of put the puzzle together based mm -hmm. upon, okay, we're playing them this week and them this week. And you just kind of fit all the pieces in. Mm -hmm. Well, if you tell us week one against Philly, no one's figuring anything else out. If you give that away, that it's on a Friday night, no one's going to figure out the rest of the schedule. So shame on you, NFL, for not just letting them know for every reason Riley was stating. And, you know, I've been holding out hope that it was going to be us, and we got a one in nine chance that it's going to be us. But <laughs> I ain't gambling on it. I'm gambling this weekend. Oh, no. I ain't gambling on that. Oh, yeah, This weekend, definitely, I will make a couple little – side bets but uh as far as that's concerned no I, i'll have to wait like everyone else so it is what it is bro you know i'm I'm just i'm just ready to to really see at this point let the front office cook bro let them cook yeah and speaking of waiting the wait is over our last show you were on record saying hey we're gonna have a coach this week and the day later it happened and i was yeah. concerned that yeah. we're going to record the pod on Wednesday 
And next thing you know, it was going to be a new head coach the next day. So the pod would have been relevant. And I still feel that it was. So those of you that haven't listened to it, go back out there. You can find it. You can find all of our past shows. We're on number 108 right now. So the entire catalog is out there on YouTube. It's out there on Spotify, every place you can go. And we had a listener ask how you leave a review. You can go to Apple Podcasts, leave a review. You can go on YouTube, leave a review, five stars. All of that helps to show out. But we don't have to wait anymore. We know who our head coach is. And I was on yeah. Fox 5 Friday morning. I mean, I was, it was actually Thursday, you know, you know, behind the curtain. I was at the beach and thinking, well, we just did our podcast on Wednesday. I don't got to bring my gear with me. I'm just traveling with my microphones and everything from now on because yeah. Fox called, NBC called, ABC called. And it's a good problem to have. I'm not complaining about it. Yeah. I was just upset because of my audio and video didn't look like it should be because I left my gear at home because I'm hanging out at the beach. Mm -hmm. And then I was going to be there for a couple of days, but then the TV station called and they want me in seven o'clock in the morning, Friday morning. So I had to show up and we had to talk about it, man. They hired Dan Quinn. And this is actually what Adam Peters had to say about why Dan Quinn. Well, when we sat, set out to hire the next head coach of the Washington Commanders, we wanted to, I said earlier, we wanted to hire the best leader for our team. And we went through a, a really thorough process. As you all know, we spoke with a ton of great candidates, but our process led us to the decision that Dan Quinn was the perfect man for the job. Coach Quinn has all the qualities we're looking for. He's an unquestionably one of the best leaders in the NFL. You can ask anybody who's been around him, coaches, players. He's a top-notch communicator, an excellent teacher and developer, not only of players, but of coaches. And he's smart, he's driven, and he's really more than all, anything, a phenomenal person and just a great, great person who's going to lead this team the right way. Um, he's one of the best defensive minds in the NFL. He's proven that time and time again. He can build elite coaching staff, which, which Josh alluded to. He's already started. He, he attracts talent because of the type of person and man that he is. Um, he maximizes that talent, and, and that's what we're doing. We're building a great staff, and he's, he's really kicking it off really well. He and I have a shared vision that we're going to build a team that, with the play style and the identity that you guys will all love to watch. The fans of the Commanders, not only just here in the DMV, but all over the world, will love watching Dan's team play. Um, Dan and I are going to be in lockstep in everything we do. We already are, and we will continue to be. We will keep the team and staff connected. He has a track record of tying building, buildings together, and he's going to build, tie this whole building together from the lunchroom to the meal room to the weight room to the equipment room to the locker room. And that, that's how we're going to do it, and we're going to all be moving in the same direction. So I can't wait to work with Dan. We, we're going to embark on a really, really fun journey together. This is going to be a great and important offseason. We've already started, but the work is just beginning. So, so what did you think when – we just we just finished the pod. It it's Thursday now. They announce, not officially, but unofficially, that our new head coach was Dan Quinn. What came through your mind at that point? Initially, Ted, I have to say that I was kind of skeptical. Um, just being honest. I, I was I was skeptical. I, I knew that I knew his I knew his background because after the pod, I looked it up. And actually before the pod, I looked it up. Um, I knew that he basically helped cultivate the Legion of Boom. I knew that he was very good as far as the head coach for Atlanta, even though what happened happened. 
but there's two sides of that story. So if Kyle Shanahan would have run the ball more, you know, blah, 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 you know, he'd have an, another Super Bowl on, underneath his, his uh, tenure. So I, the way I looked at it was he checks the boxes. My biggest question that I've always had, and I don't have to ask that anymore, is who's picking the talent? Because I always said, I don't care who you bring in here, basically, who's picking the talent? What I like about Dan Quinn, and to me, Dan Quinn is, uh, what's his name, Campbell. He's another version of Campbell out of Detroit. That's that's how yeah, I yeah. view he, he 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 I view him that way as Campbell out of Detroit, uh, because he's a motivator. And I always said you need someone who can relate to these young millionaires. Okay, you need someone to relate to these young millionaires who can get into their head and make them want to run through a brick wall for you. I believe he can get that done. And then after I heard what Michael Parsons said about him, it really made me say, okay, I, I believe that it could happen. There was a there was another side of me that didn't like it, and I'm going to just be honest. It was because of the whole Cowboys thing, but I got past that. You know what I mean, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't like the fact that I didn't like the fact that, hey, all these teams we could pick from, we picked the Cowboys? You know what I mean? It's just one of those type of things. Uh, it's kind of like when we have players that come from the Cowboys. I don't like that just because of they're the Cowboys. But if you come in and you kick butt, I don't mind it. But initially, it, it stung a little bit because it was the Cowboys. But looking past it, hey, I'm I'm ready to see what he can do. Put all that cowboy now. Nah, he he he's he's burgundy and gold now. He's not blue and silver. So what can yeah. you do for me and our organization? That's what I'm I, concerned about. I get you. And I mean, so I was on Fox Five, and Easy and I did not agree. Right, Easy Street. Those of you who don't know, I do uh, segments with him on Fox, and part of his reason was because he came from the Cowboys. I'm like, are, are you serious? Like the Cowboys have been twelve and five for three years in a row, right? It's just, they're not a bad team. They're a good but team. they're the so Cowboys. If, and if you, can't, <laughs> if you can't beat them, realistically, wouldn't you want to weaken them by taking but, away one of their coaches that improved their defense, that literally turned their defense from one of the worst? Their defense was 28th in the league and 31st agreed. in the league, and he turned them into seventh the next year. Uh, I mean... Uh, uh, agreed. And totally they're agreed. potentially gonna hire Ron Rivera, or they're interviewing Ron Rivera. I mean, <laughs> we throw out the trash, and they pick it up. And I'm not saying Rivera's gonna get the job. My daddy's gonna get the job. Yeah. But I, I get because there are fa only reason I'm harping on this is there are fans that are thinking the same way you are, or thought the same way you did for a second, and that Easy is thinking that, nah, he's from Dallas. I don't want him here. I'm sorry, but Micah Parsons said, hey, you know, I, I might go with him. Would you not want Micah Parsons here if he came with Dan Quinn? I mean, oh, the yeah. guy is top three pass rushers in the NFL, but he's a cowboy. So would you be okay with him coming here wearing burgundy and gold? I said I didn't like the idea initially <laughs> okay. because, because they were the cowboys, and I despise the cowboys. But you now have a – blank canvas as i've said before to do what needs to be done and change our defense and our team so blue and silver's gone you're with the burgundy and gold 
make it worth my while. Yeah. And I, a lot of people, and I'm, I'm just kind of frustrated with all this. Everyone's yelling, screaming, well, it's not Ben Johnson. You know, it's a defensive coach. Uh, whoever he picks as a coordinator is going to leave here in a couple of years because they're going to get poached by some other team. I just, our fans drive me insane. And I texted you that the other day, mm -hmm. just randomly. I think with no context, but I just texted you. I'm like, our fans piss me off, man. And then you called me to make sure I was okay, and I appreciate that. But <laughs> step, just, up, step back off the ledge, bro. Step back off the ledge. <laughs> we haven't had a winning season in how many years, bro? Yeah. I mean, realistically, I'm trying to remember the last time we had a winning season. Even when we went to the playoffs, when Rivera got us there, it was with a losing record. No, nah, that, that, that's not winning yet. RG3 probably, or, or the year 2014. 13 15 16 no because yeah. I mean, we went to the playoffs in 15 16 so it's been it's been that long yeah. we cannot remember we legitimately rallied on season tickets we haven't missed a game we cannot remember <laughs> the last time we had a winning season but yet yeah. our fans are just doing they're counting their chickens before the they're hatched yeah they're yeah. complaining that well we got a defensive coach so when we do well and we make the playoffs again or when we you know, get to the NFC championship game or when we get to the Super Bowl that Dan Quinn's going to lose us because he lost 28 to three, then we're going to lose our offensive coordinator. Do you people hear what you sound like? Right. We haven't won Jack S in how long? And now you're worried that we're immediately going to go back to the playoffs and kick ass. And our biggest concern at that point is losing a coordinator. I would kill to potentially just host the playoff game, not even win a playoff game, host a playoff game. Host, yeah. <laughs> and then win the game. And then just, maybe make it to the second round of the playoffs. You guys yeah. are already pissed off because we didn't get the guy that we were told we were supposed to get. And oh, by the way, mm -mm. the guy that didn't even have the decency to tell the team that was interviewing him first, it came out after the fact that the commanders found out on Twitter that he wasn't taking the job. Then they got the text message from Ben Johnson. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. It, the man was not ready to be a head coach. We could not I, force him to be a head coach. Yeah. And when all this came out, I don't want him to be my head coach. N not yeah. after that. I am glad that we got a guy that has done this before. Then you've got those out there in the media and friends like, you know, Grant Paulson's a friend. Right. I, I love GP. I don't love his stance on this. It's like he doesn't want to retread head coach. People are comparing Dan Quinn to Ron Rivera. To me, you cannot do that. Ron Rivera had full control of this team. He did not have an Adam Peters checking him. There were no checks and balances when Ron was here, even until this last year with the new ownership. There were no checks and balances. They just mm -hmm. let Ron do what he wanted to do and gave him enough rope to officially, you know, not get his job back. I didn't want to say the yeah. other piece of that analogy, but you get what I'm saying here. Yep. Yep. There are checks and balances with these guys. Peters and him basically said, we're going to have connecting offices, right? They're going to run things by each other. And on top of that, Quinn, I'm sorry. Yes. He was a defensive coordinator at that point, but he learned from his mistakes. Yeah. I don't feel that Ron learned from his mistakes and this is Dan Quinn talking about if he got another shot. Exception. Over the past few years, there's five words that have probably tested my feet and my head. If I get another shot. 
And as a coach, you prepare for it, you study for it, and there's some lessons that you can't study for. There's lessons that you just have to live. And sometimes through success and sometimes also through adversity. But once you learn those lessons, all you want to do is grab them and run and prove it. And uh, so let me tell you, I am ready to run and prove it. Run like hell. And uh, I'm a little older, maybe a little more chrome, and uh, hopefully a little bit wiser. And, uh, but I'm also incredibly grateful uh, for all of that that has led to my feet being here. And actually, that I can appreciate that, man. I, I, I can appreciate that. You, you can bet your bottom dollar that what he did in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, if he ever got that opportunity to do it again, that it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't go down that way again. And there are just a lot of things as like anybody who has experienced anything in life that burnt you, so to speak, you know that fire is hot. You're not going to touch it unless you really want to get burnt. I don't see that happening with him. And that's what makes me individually feel good. So I, people act like people don't deserve a second chance. And I don't get that. They're upset that this guy is getting a second chance. Like, you know who else got a second chance? And these are, you know, on the upper tier of this level. But Marv Levy was a coach with the Chiefs, and he went to the Bills, got a second chance. Granted, he didn't win a Super Bowl with the Bills, but he got there four times, right? Yeah. Tom Coughlin was with the Jags, won a Super Bowl with the Giants, right? Pete Carroll was with the Jets and the Patriots, won a Super Bowl with the Seahawks. Mike Shanahan was with the Raiders, won at the Broncos. Don Shula, Colts, Dolphins, right? Bill Belichick was with the Browns and won with the Patriots. Mm -hmm. And right now, Andy Reid, do you think Chiefs fans are pissed off that they picked up a retread head coach that got fired by the Eagles and have Andy Reid taking them to another Super Bowl this weekend? I don't think so. And do you not Probably think that even... these men? Yeah. I'm sure that they had sleepless nights when they lost that game. And you think about what you did wrong. And you think about if you were in that situation again, how you wouldn't make that mistake. And that's why I am excited that we have a experienced guy that has done this before, not a offensive coordinator who we don't know if he can do it. But I do know that this man got people to the promised land, yep. right? He didn't get them over that hump, but he got them there. Yep. That's good enough for me. And if you think for a minute that he doesn't get tired of ask or people asking him and answering, Hey, what happened in Atlanta? <laughs> Don't you think that he gets tired of that? People, people still cannot let it go. But best believe, three, though. I mean, yeah, it's, I, yeah. I, Hey bro, I understand. But the fact is that's why he won't make that same mistake twice. Amen. If he gets, if he gets there because of, because people still can't let it go. So, Another analogy that I used was, so I don't buy first-gen anything, mm -hmm. right? I don't buy first-gen cars, especially. I want that manufacturer to get all the kinks out the system. So I needed to buy a car in 2020. And the problem was, it's, it's the pandemic, and we're running around, and I needed a SUV with three rows in it for room and all this other stuff. The car I had my eyes set on was a Ford Explorer. 
right? Just because it hit my price point, it hit everything I needed to. The first nine months they made that car, they had so many problems. So it got down to the point where I was on a Facebook group and I talked to a bunch of people that worked at the plant. They told me only buy that car if it's made after this date and if it's been built out of this factory. And wow. people that know, you can read that on a VIN number. It tells you all that information mm -hmm. if you know what you're looking for. So I wanted to make sure it got the kinks out the system. To me, it's the same thing with my head coach, man. I don't want a guy that's still wet behind the ears and doesn't know how to handle high pressure situations. You may not get a lemon. You may get, you know, a guy that's kick ass, or it could be a Tesla with a damn battery catches on fire. You know, it just, yeah. to me, I, I want a chance to, you know, let that guy understand what he did wrong. And Quinn said, these are the lessons he learned the first time. You said, if I get another shot, the lessons you learned, what are some of the key lessons that you learned to apply that you can apply here? Yeah, that's awesome one, John. I think first and foremost, um, in leaving there, I wanted to make sure I did a 360 to find, you know, what would be some potential blind spots, you know, that I did and in a good way of trying to take on too much at times. And so that's why for me, coming into, you know, when I was looking to, if I got another shot, there were a couple things that I wanted to find. One, you know, was from the ownership side, a team that support, you know, the general manager side to be in lockstep and have a partner with. And then the third part, you know, was like a fan base that was really wanting to go get after it. The lessons for me was, man, be right. You know, it's the players and the team. And it came from a good place of trying to help and solve problems. But make sure, keep the main thing, the main thing, John. And uh, I had some time to test that in Dallas. And so that was good for me to go and do that and go through that process because I'm a much stronger coach today than when I took over, you know, years back in Atlanta. And so, like I said earlier, man, you, you want to run with those lessons and go prove it. And the best competitive moments in my life have come when you had to go prove it. And uh, that's what I want to apply. For me, let's get behind this guy until he mm -hmm. proves us wrong. Let's support Dan Quinn, because this is our team, right? If you listen to this podcast, you're a Washington fan. Whether you're a Commanders fan or a Redskins fan, you're still a Washington fan. So yeah. Josh Harris and Adam Peters, who we all agreed are the right people to lead this organization. I don't remember anyone complaining that Adam Peters is our GM. I don't remember anyone saying we need another GM, but yet people are doubting the person that they handpicked. I don't get that. Ted, I equate this to the Aliens movies. I'm not sure if – are you an Aliens Sigourney Weaver fan? I saw – yeah, it's been a long time, though. Okay, so part Aliens Part 2. Basically, they bring Sigourney Weaver back to the whole thing to find out about the this new compound or whatever have you, just to bring you up to speed if you haven't seen it or if you don't remember it. And, and, if, and if our listeners are, are an avid Aliens fan like me – they can appreciate what I'm about to say. And you'll be able to appreciate it as well. So Sigourney so Weaver goes into this plant and they had this new space marine unit, if you will. And they've had this, this butterball lieutenant. And Sigourney Weaver, obviously, she con gets in contact with the aliens and the boots on the ground they're they're firing and they're trying to kill all the aliens and the lieutenant is basically saying what's happening 
what, what, what's happening? Sigourney Weaver says, pull your man out. She's telling him what to do because of the experience that she has had with the aliens and the lieutenant had no experience and didn't know what to do. That's how I view Dan Quinn as Sigourney Weaver, Weaver and uh, the gentleman from Detroit, Dan Johnson, as the lieutenant. Oh, gosh. Yeah, Ben Johnson. Yeah. Ben Johnson as the lieutenant. You wouldn't, if you were a seasoned coach, you wouldn't let somebody find out off of the internet. You'd be man enough to talk to him face to face or, or give him a phone call at least and then say something. So his inexperience, it would carry over, I believe, onto the field and we would all be decimated by the aliens. So Dan Quinn, bro, you got us. And we're we're yours. Let's make it happen. Yeah, and I think it's come out after the fact that Ben Johnson, and I, I don't have the exact wording, but Ben Johnson basically said he was talking with a bunch of basketball people. I don't think the interview went well. I don't think that the job was a lock for him. And he also met with the Seahawks. And he didn't turn just us down. He turned them down too. So we were yeah. the last two positions open. Right. So it's not like he just said, no, I don't want to be a commander's coach. But a lot of people are saying, well, Dan Quinn wasn't our first choice. You don't know that. You guys have no idea who Adam Peters or Josh Harris wanted or this ownership group wanted. So I was going back and forth with a source of the team, and they actually texted me this when I put a story up about this, said, let's see here. Adam was a clear first choice from the start to the end of the process. This will work out great. And out of respect for that individual, I'm not going to say who sent that to me, but just know I trust this person 110%. They're with the organization, and the team was being thorough. They wanted to interview more people. Raheem Morris actually reached back out to the commanders before he took the Falcons job and said, I, you guys thinking about this? What do you want to do? And I'm still paraphrasing. The commander said, no, we still have more people to interview. So Raheem did what any logical person would do. He already had a job offer with the Falcons and took the job with the Falcons because he didn't mm -hmm. know what the commanders were going to do. We were dead set on interviewing and talking to everybody and doing it multiple times. And the way it should, the way it should be done. Yeah, it worked out. And kudos to them for actually sticking to their word and being thorough in this process. Did they miss out on a potential another hire with maybe Mike McDonald that went out to Seattle, someone else? We don't know. We have no yeah. idea yet. And it's just like drafting players. You don't know if a player is going to be any good or that draft class is going to be any good till three years, four years down the road. We don't know if Dan Quinn's going to be any good until a couple of years from now, but we got to give him a chance. And this is actually what Adam Peters said about what point, he thought Dan was the guy. Um, at what point were you, you know, there are obviously a lot of names that are going to come out of this. At what point were you sold that Dan is the guy? And you obviously you probably known him for a while or knew of him. So what point were you sold that he is the right guy for here? Every time we spoke with Dan, it became more and more clear that he was the guy. And we interviewed him twice. And both times it's like we're speaking the same language. And it was really, really cool. Had a great connection and a great shared vision. So it was almost right away that I knew Dan would be the great coach for us. Chris Russell from Team 980 was saying that Dan Quinn 
after the season ended, basically said he wanted this job. He wanted to be here. Those that don't know, he actually played at Salisbury State, Salisbury University. I don't know. I can't remember exactly what it was called, but Salisbury out in Maryland. Salisbury, Salisbury State, State yeah. at that point. Yeah. yeah. He has a couple of records out there. So he's from this area. His wife is from this area. You know, he wanted to come back here. I mean, he grew up in Jersey watching the NFC East. He's got 22 years in this league. So he wanted this job. Wouldn't you want someone to be here that actually wants to be here, that isn't settling to be here, that like truly that's where they want to go because they feel that they can make change happen here? At the end of the day, you always want somebody who wants you. <laughs> so, What's that song? I want you to want me. That's right. That that's one of the songs. Yeah, I want you. There we go. To want me? Yeah. Stop singing, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just. I don't know, man. I. There's still people that are wondering. Okay, you know what's going to be. And when I was doing my interviews, we didn't know who offensive coordinator we're going to be if the enemy was going to stick around here and if you guys listen to the pod you know my opinion on the enemy i did you not, did want, not him want him at all him. to be our offensive coordinator and this is actually what dan quinn had to say about eric the enemy um you're filling out your staff you've got cliff kingsbury as your oc what happens now to eric the enemy you know, I had a good visit, uh, Chick. I'm glad that you brought up EB because um, I think he's an excellent coach. And so I had a chance to visit with him uh, today. And so we'll continue that dialogue to go. He's, you know, no longer we're not going to work together here. But in this coaching brotherhood, I wanted him to know, uh, man, I really respect the work that he's done. And uh, as coaches, you know, we all stay connected even though we're on different teams. So I wish EB nothing but the best, and uh, he'll do a great job. Nothing but the best. Good luck. Guess what? Mm -hmm. He's still getting paid next year. Coach's mm -hmm. contracts are guaranteed. He signed a two-year deal here, two-year deal here, and he got a, a nice raise from being in KC. And it sucks that most of the staffs are filled out, but realistically, you've got fans like uh, Rubio, Raphael, one of our P1s, right? He's upset that EB didn't get the OC job. Why would you want Dan Quinn to be forced to keep a guy on staff that he did not select, that he has never worked with before. He's trying to create his own leadership council here and his own system. And why would you yeah. want to pigeonhole him and say, you can do that, but you got to do it with this guy. Yeah. And, just, and what makes fans think EB even deserved that? We were four and 13. Yeah. Well, once again, Everyone will say the same thing that I've been saying. If you gave him an opportunity to build his staff the way he wants to build it, then there might be a change. But for whatever reason, the powers that be said no. I'm not gonna say four and thirteen. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that. Everything happens for a reason. And the best thing that I can do is I, hey, good luck to you, sir. That's that's we've seen it many times before. So this is just another cog in the wheel, if, if you will. So uh, that's just how it is, bro. I mean, people come and they go. And we've been here long enough to see and witness the coach's carousel that has plagued 
the Redskins slash football team now commanders. So now I want some stability. That's what I want. We're we're going to get it. I mean, yeah, we've got new people here. I mean, the enemy had one year left on his deal at that point. So if he would have stuck around, who knows what would have happened next year. They even wanted him here. And I wanted to know who was going to be helping most likely with grooming this young quarterback. You know, I did not want the enemy to get his hands on whoever we pick at number two, because I do think it's going to be a quarterback and mm-hmm. I think it should be a quarterback. And we'll talk about that as we get closer to the draft, because I don't think the enemy is a good quarterback teacher, if you will, from based upon, we saw the wall that Sam hit. Like it, people love talking about the glory days, right? That, that's all we talk about as fans is, oh, back in the day when this happened. Well, back in the day, when Joe Gibbs first came here, he was 0-5. And he tried a style of offense that just did not work, that he brought here from another team. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Hmm. He changed it up based upon the player personnel he had. Completely changed it up. The enemy, the entire year, at no point did he change up what he was trying to do. Until the last game of the year against the Cowboys, where he just pulled some old school <laughs> playground backyard BS crap against Dallas. Cause you know, game meant nothing. That to me is why he's not here. And I don't get why fans tie themselves to coaches and to players like they do because they come the enemy took a picture with you on the sideline at training camp. Hey, good for you. He took it with me too, but <laughs> it, it don't matter. I'm not going to cry over it. The guy's a millionaire, you know? Yeah, archive it and move on. <laughs> yeah, he had a shot, right? It's like yeah. maybe if he does something good down the road, it'll be my Facebook profile with me and enemy hugging, but I doubt it's going to happen anytime soon. But in the meantime, yeah. we've got two new guys that are here in Cliff Kingsbury and Joe. This is actually what Quinn had to say about. But why Cliff and Joe? Well, I think um, I'll take you back a bit. And so when you're getting prepared for this, you don't, you're not sure what job you're going to get. You know, you're you're thinking, okay, this, you know, opportunity, this opportunity. So it's a little different than being on their side where they were going to select, where on the coaching side you were going to see where would be a good fit. And the coaching staff would be the fit irregardless of where you went. Okay, so for me, selecting a place that I would be able to potentially coach didn't have to do with did they have a quarterback or cap space or any of that. It was ownership and general manager and fan base and what you could create together because – cap space changes, I was looking to say, how could we do something long-term to kick ass for a long time and continue to play well, not just because they had won this or won that. So Cliff has always been somebody um, that I've kept up with. Um, Years ago, we both coached in college, and uh, we first met each other at an award show and just kind of hit it off on that time and then competed against each other. I certainly followed his career, you know, through his time at Tech and then into Arizona and competing. And so in the same way of why I wanted to hire Kyle years ago, like he was hard to go against. He would stretch the field horizontally and vertically and going against Cliff, those same feelings you had. This is gonna be tough. Matchups, formation, <coughs> speed, shots down the field, aggressiveness, boldness to go. And so as a coach, you were writing down some names if this is something in your future that said, if I get that shot, this is somebody I would wanna to talk to. And so that's where the, 
the start came from him. Um, we're really pumped that he's going to be a part of it. Obviously, I know people talk about you know his acumen with quarterbacks, and that's proven. But he's also an excellent coach. He's not just you know a guy that's going to be with the quarterbacks the whole time. So I want to make sure I'm clear on that. And then with Joe. Um, it's a little different because I had a chance to be shoulder to shoulder with him, you know, over the last three years in Dallas. And through that time, I've just seen the detail, the connection, um, the play style, you know. And so to play good defense, you better be a good tackling team and you better know how to take the ball away. And those are two things Joe and, and the units that he was charged with have been excellent at. And uh, I think over the last three years, you know, with, with Joe there, the team had been, you know, at the top of the league in terms of takeaways and defensive touchdowns. If you want to play good defense, you better tackle because there's so, I'm not talking about in the A gap, I'm talking about there's space plays that happen in today's NFL. And so in that space, how do you have the technique to go and make tackles where, uh, guys like Cliff and Kyle and everybody else want to create all this space to say, you know, make it hard. So you better be a good tackling team and you better know how to get the ball away and show good disguises, you know, to make the quarterback have to read the coverages after he has the ball in his hand. And Joe's been exceptional at that through his career. So that's why. He played against them, coached against them, and had fits going against them. I mean, to me, that's the ultimate compliment. I yeah. couldn't beat you. So I put you on my staff. Guess who we couldn't beat the past couple of years, right? I mean, we, we talked about getting in the pod. So now he's our head coach. And I don't know a ton about Joe Witt, right? I would just admittedly, he said that his dream at one point was to be the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. So, hey, Joe, I, I hope that that was more of a nightmare than a dream. And now your dream is to be the defensive coordinator of the Burgundy and Gold, because guess what? You are. And yes, indeed. Welcome. I'm I'm excited that the guy's here because Dan trusts him, and we brought Quinn here, and he was a defensive coordinator. He has come on record and said that he's not going to be calling the plays. He did that when he was in Atlanta, and it did not go so well for those defenses because he had too much going on. So part of me thinks is you know he's letting Joe call the plays because he had to convince Joe to come here from Dallas. Number one. And on top of that, he trusts him to do it, and they think alike. But also, there could be a certain part in there that, you know, Ron Rivera letting Jack Del Rio call the plays so you somewhat have a scapegoat when it goes wrong. I don't want to think that at this point, but you have to have degrees of separation. And I yeah. think that this is one of those things that Quinn learned the first time around not to do the second time. So we'll get a chance to see with Joe Witt, but I'm excited about Cliff Kingsbury. And for those of our listeners who don't know anything about him, the guy played in the league. He played for the Patriots, the Saints, the Broncos, the Jets. He went to NFL Europe at one point. He played for the Bills, Montreal Alouettes, and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So he played in the league for a while. He was a round six pick. But more what importantly, position? Do we know what position? Well, quarterback, okay. Yeah. So he knows QBs and the quarterbacks that he has helped over his tenure as a coach. Case Keenum, right? A lot of people don't know how good Case Keenum was. And when Kingsbury and him were together, these are the years that Keenum had. In 2008, Keenum had 44 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. 2009, 44 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. 2010, he got hurt, so didn't do too well. 2011, 48 touchdowns, five interceptions. I mean, he had a 
amazing effect on Keenum. And that's when he was still in college. It's just a lot of different stuff here. He also helped Johnny Manziel, Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray. And guess who? That's coming out in this year's draft. Caleb mm. Williams. Mm. So you got the conspiracy theorists saying, well, Washington brought him here because they're going to get Caleb. I don't know how that helps because it's not changing the draft order that we got him here. And I do not want us to trade up to one from two. I'll be damned if we do something stupid like that. I mean, if it happens, I'll bitch about it, yeah. but I ain't gonna be happy about it. We've got smarter people in the room. I think that, well, let me say this. You never know what could happen and we may not want something to happen, but I have a, strong feeling that the people that are the in the head shed that are that are pulling the strings have thought about every scenario that could fit into our situation and the analytical guy as well as everyone else in this head shed putting it all together if it makes sense for them to do something they'll do it and i honestly believe that if it doesn't they won't and Unlike in the past, that's what I want, and I'm going to mortgage the farm to get them, and I don't think that's going to happen now because we have at least eight spots that need to be filled, and we need to hit on all eight, and you're not going to mortgage anything for those spots unless you get something huge in return, and I don't see what that could be right now. I don't get paid to. But yeah. I want to see what's going to happen in April. And Peters is on record during his press conference saying he prefers to build to the draft and supplement the free agency. Mm -hmm. Well, you can't build to the draft if you give all your draft picks away to move up one spot. Yeah. And yes, and I, I feel that this is some of our DC media trying to, you know, prey on the commander's fans' hopes just to get the number one pick. But, you know, like Scott Abraham, a friend over at ABC, he's talking about, you know, oh, Kingsbury, Caleb, you know, they work together. They know each other. Yeah, okay, that's fine. It doesn't mean we're moving up to do it, and I don't want to do it, and we'll see what happens. But Kingsbury, as a head coach, he was a head coach for the Cardinals when Kyler Murray had some of his best years playing football. So to me, they got him here. They're bringing him here because we're going to draft a QB at two, and we need someone that speaks quarterback. We need someone that has been one and that has groomed some of the great quarterbacks out there that are still in this game. Patrick Mahomes being one of them, that's going to be in the Super Bowl this weekend. So that's why I'm happy because I kept talking about it when I was doing these interviews. I like the Dan Quinn hire, but I'm a six out of 10, right? I don't know if I'm going to be a nine out of 10 or a 10 out of 10 until I know who his staff is. Mm -hmm. Now that I know who his staff is, I'm an 8 out of 10. Oh, and okay. the reason why I'm not a 10 out of 10 is because I don't know what Joe Witt brings to the table. right? I don't know if Joe Witt is going to be that guy that can turn Emmanuel Forbes into a true first-round pick lockdown corner. I don't know if this defense that they're going to want to run with mainly a cover three slash, you know, man scheme is going to fit the players we have. So there's still too many unknowns from a defensive side, but I'm gone up two full points now knowing who we have leading this offense. 
because I believe Kingsbury is going to do the best with his offense. And people are talking about how his air raid style system, it means we're going to throw the ball a ton. You guys don't know what you're talking about because if you go back and look when he was a head coach for the Cardinals, they ran the ball a ton. So B-Rob, guess what? Get ready because you're going to be yeah. carrying that ball and you didn't get much work this last season. Yeah. Where are you at now? Well, as as far as Witt is concerned, I'm impressed by him because he was the one that turned Dallas's secondary around. And I can't remember the guy's name, but he had all those picks for Dallas. Bland, Bland or Brand, yeah. Yeah, whatever that guy's name is, he's the reason be, be behind it. And here's the other thing, Ted. People may want to start wrapping their head around not that I'm projecting this, but Emmanuel Forbes may not be here. He may not cut the mustard under these guys. That's the. Well, I mean, he'll be the, here next year. But yeah. Well, well, what I'm saying is, okay, he may not be a starter. Yeah. He just may not be. Once they look at it, everything and and realize what they want to do and how they want to do it, certain guys may not fit, and that's just how it is. And it'll be it'll it'll come down to once again the old regime's picks. But you remember people, I said it before and I'll say it again. We've got a blank canvas. And if by chance you aren't painted into that picture, I'm sorry, you're going to have to go. It may be the best thing. We don't know yet, but if what I, what I can say based upon everything, if you, if you don't cut the mustard, you're not going to get on the hot dog. And that's just how it is, man. And 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 I want the best players. If Emmanuel Forbes turns out to be the best player, I want him. If he doesn't, unfortunately, I don't want him. Yeah. That's just the, that's just the NFL. You know who didn't turn out to be the best player that Adam Peters drafted? Trey Lance. Guess where his ass is? Mm-hmm. In Dallas, right? Third straight. They, they realized that yes, they traded up for Trey, and he wasn't the right call, and it just failed miserably but they didn't sit there and try to force him in they didn't sit there and make sure at that point that the third pick in the nfl draft just because we took you with three means you got to play they did what was best for the team to win and just like you're saying if forbes ain't it or bsj ain't it or if you know cam curl ain't it then they'll find someone that fits the system and they'll get in there and i at this point i've got I have to have faith in them because Mm -hmm. what we have done the past how many years just has not worked. So this will be a new regime and a new style. And I'm all in, dude. I I just, I cannot wait to see what's going to happen and who we're going to take in this draft. And from Quinn's standpoint, he doesn't want to use this word. You tell me if you feel the same way. The word rebuild came up a couple of times during Adam's press conference. Do you view this as a rebuild? And if so, what's the process of, of going through a rebuild and time frame wise, how do you want your team to kind of take shape during this rebuild? Your words, not mine. All right. So I'm, I'm really honestly glad that you, that you brought it up. And I know it's a big topic. And I would say this is a recalibrate, you know, finding our north again. And that starts, you know, with our identity of our club. So, no, I, you will not hear me say the word rebuild at all. Um, this is about assessing 
what we have, how do we add to that, and then how quickly we can accelerate this process together. Now, how do you do that? Connection, staff, off-season, into training camp, and then ultimately putting all these guys to find the best group to help us go play as well as we can, as fast as we can. So uh, there is no timeline on that, um, but we will push it hard uh, to see how good we can get and how fast we can get. But I see it much more as a recalibration to say, let's find our north, own our identity of how we're going to get it on, and then push hard to reach that. And uh, like all things, it takes some trust you know, between teammates, staff, personnel, ownership. But the more connection we have, the faster we'll get there. And uh, there's a lot to get done. But I honestly do not see um, that word as part of my thinking at all. Recalibrate, not rebuild. I like that, man. I, I mean, we do have some pieces on this roster. Now, are they all going to fit his system? I don't know. But there are some pieces here. And if you can maybe put them in better positions to succeed, like they moved Cosme from tackle to guard. He had one of the best PFF grades of tackle all season long. Or sorry, guard all season long. So maybe they move Forbes in the slot. Maybe they move BSJ. Who knows? But they recalibrate this thing. And maybe it's not going to take as long as some are speculating out there. And we do get back to where we should be with an actual winning record for a change. What are you thinking? Tomato, tomato. At the end of the day, it's all the same. Um, if he doesn't want to use rebuild, okay, recalibrate. That, that's what floats your boat. It's the same thing to me. Just make it happen. The biggest thing that I feel, Ted, is, and we'll find out, more obviously in the upcoming months when the pads come on is you've got a, a bunch of guys who I believe you're really going to have a true tryout scenario, if you will, you know, yeah, we're bringing you, you're playing this position right now and you alluded to it. You're playing this position right now. However, once those pads come on and I see that you can't do it. Okay. Well, I, I got to put you to the side and focus on who I am seeing. It goes back to, and I, and I, I hard knocks is is what I I go by. I go by Detroit's hard knocks. They had guys on that team who they they heard about, and when those guys got in to the preseason games, they made plays. And just because you're a veteran, those new guys came in and made plays and took that veteran spot. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see anything given. Yeah, okay, you 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 are you were our starter and you did do this and we're not going to hold anything past you, but this guy is doing it a little bit better than you are. Don't force him. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what I'm hoping that's what I'm hoping for, man. And 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 I see oh I feel that that's what Quinn is going to do with this squad. He's going to every everybody starts with 100. I always say that when the season's everybody starts with 100, but then each play, you either get a plus or a minus. And if you wind up on that sheet with more minuses than pluses, then somebody's going to take your spot. And I welcome it. I, I, I honestly also welcome a quarterback competition that we've never had. We, we haven't had a true quarterback competition in a long time. Guys have just been thrusted into the position. And that's what I, I want to see. I can't think of what we've had, really. I mean... Yeah. Even Kirk and Robert, that wasn't a true competition. I mean, no, it was Robert's job until he got hurt. 
And then mm-hmm. they put Kirk in because the owner wanted him to have it. So I just, it'll be interesting because what do you do at QB? Sam's still under contract. He ain't going anywhere. You draft a kid at number two. I feel that you have to have a veteran because it's just too green in that QB room. You need mm-hmm. someone else that's done this before just to help them go through the motions. And Jacoby Brissett is a free agent. So are they going to pay him what he could potentially get on the open market considering his phantom hamstring and he didn't get a chance to step back on that field and maybe do something <laughs> else wrong? So who knows? But I know it ain't going to be easy. And I think no. some of those players that bitched about the enemy being a hard ass, <laughs> you guys are in for a world of hurt coming up now because Quinn played this game. Yeah. And not that the enemy didn't, but I don't see Dan Quinn putting up with any crap. And he ain't your OC. He is your head coach. Not, and if your head not, coach is a yeah. hard ass? Whew. Yeah. Not only that, there's no big toe to run to. <laughs> you, got, yeah. you got no big toe to run to. Rivera was the big toe, and everybody ran to him. Oh, he sold it. Who are you running to now? Uh, you 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 gonna you you gonna run to uh to the owners? <laughs> yeah, gonna, to yeah, who are you gonna run to? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. So I, I look forward to seeing how these strokes on this canvas are going to paint this picture, brother. That's what everybody should be looking forward to. The biggest thing is, and we said it before, you should be happy that DS is gone. That's first and foremost gone. So that should even now you now you have an opportunity to build this thing the way it's supposed to be built, and it's happening one step at a time, right in front of our eyes. And I love it. Next step is the draft. You know, mm-hmm. we, we've got our GM, we've got our coach, he's got his staff. Small things are happening at this point. Yes, they're not making any changes to the scouting department because the draft is almost here. It's coming up around the corner. Still need some inner circle passes, anybody. But it's almost <laughs> here, right? <laughs> so they're not getting rid of the Martys at this point, which is not uncommon. That usually happens. You don't get rid of your scouting team until usually after all the scouting is done because you're going to have to have new guys come in. But this is one thing that Quinn said during his press conference that made me want to run through. It's like, remember the old Kool-Aid commercials? Where mm-hmm. All of a sudden, that Kool-Aid pitcher would just jump through the wall. Hey, Kool-Aid. I want to do this, man. This is what I wanted to do when Dan Quinn said this during his presser. But there is nothing I enjoy more than doing hard shit with good people. And these guys here, they're some really good people. And- <laughs> Guess what? This is going to be hard. Oh, yeah. This is going to be very hard because you are trying to clean up the mess that all of the other coaches and GMs made the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. You've got 26 free agents on this roster. You have no defensive ends under contract. You have a lot of hard work to do. But the man wanted to be here. He knew what he signed up for, and he did not shy away from it. And that's why I am so excited that he's going to be here because I think for once we're going to get a culture change here in DC and a real one and the culture that matters, the winning culture that we just haven't had for so long on the field, yeah. not off the field. <laughs> and I was actually shocked. I don't know if you've heard Doug Williams and doc Walker talk about this, but for those that didn't here, take a listen to this. 
I'm not taking nothing away from Dan Quinn. You know, you want to see a human being who know how to handle people, who know how to handle guys. I mean, you know, we 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 had the last re- regime that said that, you know, he changed the culture. Uh, Doc, you and I both know, uh, you know, I don't feel no culture change. You know, number one, and and the culture change come when everybody's together and you find a way to win. That's culture. You know, you you can't go out the way we we've gone out the last uh, three years or so and and say you know the culture has been changed. It has not been changed. I'm, you know, fortunately, I'm I'm in there. I've been in there, and you know, I don't say much, but I I look and I listen, and and it whole, ain't a whole lot of change. But I but I feel good about Dan Quinn. Let me say that because anybody who works here the next years or so with Dan Quinn, anybody who played for Dan Quinn, I think they all would, would leave here saying the same thing, that the choice that we made is the best choice. I was shocked to hear Doug Williams basically back his truck up over Ron Rivera. <laughs> I've never heard that before. And I got to tell you, they gave me goosebumps. <laughs> I've never heard that before, and it gave me goosebumps. Because Doug is right. He doesn't say a lot of words, unless it's a good feed store commercial. But other than that, he doesn't say he doesn't say very much. So for him to say that, it's like, oh, okay. Which tells me he basically had to keep his mouth shut. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he, he really did. And going back to it, we've had a losing culture since 2015. That, that's... We were we won the NFC East in 2015. We were nine and seven, right? That, that is a lot of losing, and I don't know if Quinn's going to get us to win next year or the year after that. But I do feel that we're getting put on the right back with the right people in the positions that they're supposed to be in. And one of the interviews I did, we were talking about a Rolling Stone song. It was you can't always get what you want. Mm-hmm. but sometimes you get what you need and we were told we wanted Ben Johnson or Bobby Slowick or an offensive minded head coach but maybe just maybe we needed a guy that's actually a leader of men that has done this before that has been to the promised land that has won as a coordinator but never won as a coach and that is hungry to get it right this time and I really think that that's what Dan's going to be. And this is going to be fun, man, because we finally get a chance to talk about football and react to the good things that these guys are going to do. Not, oh, I, I'm the GM and the head coach, and I refuse to, you know, draft someone that actually makes sense. I'm going to take Emmanuel Forbes instead, or I'm going to take Jamin Davis instead, or these other guys where no one had them on their draft board going that high. You know, Peters is going to fix this shit, man. And he did it. Right now, with Quinn, in my opinion. Amen. That's all I can say, bro. I don't need to say any more. You said it. <laughs> but before we close this out, man, yeah. who you got this weekend? What are you thinking? You thinking uh, Mahomes or you thinking Purdy? So let me say this, man. I I, I would like to see San Francisco win one, uh, but I just can't go against my homeboy. I, I, I really can't until somebody knocks him off. I can't go against him. He's almost like the the new Brady, if you will. People always said, don't bet against Brady. 
And until it was to that point where you where you realized that you could, you didn't. You you don't go against Mahomes until yeah. somebody knocks him off. So I, I obviously with with Chase, Trent, you know, um Kyle, I, I like to see those guys win. But until I want to see somebody two of those guys win, but yeah. Oh, you know what I'm saying. I, no, I hear you. I hear you. So, 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 with that being said, yeah, I would like to see them win. But my homeboy, my homes, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, you just can't go against him until somebody knocks him off his throne. And right now, he's the guy. So, I'm going to go with uh, Kansas City. So, Mahomes is getting two points. I'm sorry, you're giving the Super Bowl champ two points? I The second I saw that, I drove to Maryland and put money down on the Chiefs. I hope the Chiefs win because I just don't want to see Chase Young get a ring. There are so many people out there that deserve <laughs> one. And in my opinion, he does not. He half-asses it constantly. He plays football. He doesn't love football. And it's evident in all these videos that you see of people highlighting him just jogging down the field. I'd be upset because that means Trent doesn't get one, but I think Trent will get another chance. Chase ain't going to be on that team next year. Trent will be. And I think Kyle is a great coach, and he'll bring them back. Just for that reason, I'm pulling for the Chiefs. I don't care about the whole Taylor Swift, Travis. That don't matter to me. I want to nah. see good football. And I think Mahomes is one of the best to do it at this point. And it's going to be a fun time, man. And I'm, I'm hoping that the second time around for Quinn, he brings us back to that Super Bowl. And instead of going up 28 to 3, he makes the thing 40 to 3, and we see what happens. Well, I couldn't have said it any better than you, my brother. And I hear the music playing in the background, which lets me know that another episode of the DMV Mess Hall is coming to a close. I can't wait to talk to you next week, my brother. Everybody, thank you for riding with us. It's always a pleasure. If you haven't done so, please, for YouTube, like, subscribe, love it all that good stuff because it goes a long way i'll see you guys on the flip side remember you rep it hard or you don't rep it at all rally captain tailgate ted until next time we're out